Chapter thirty six of Sixty Years in Southern California, eighteen fifty three to nineteen thirteen, by Harris Newmark. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by K. Hand. Chapter thirty five The Revival of the Southland, eighteen seventy seven to eighteen eighty. The late seventies were marked by an encouraging awakening of national energy and a growing desire on the part of the Angeleno notwithstanding the excessive local dullness to bring the outside world a pace or two nearer as a result of which things began to simmer while there was an unmistakable manifestation on the part of those at places more or less remote to explore the almost unknown southwest especially that portion bordering on the pacific i have already noted with varying dates the time when patents to land were issued these dates remind me of the long years during which some of the ranch owners had to wait before they received a clear title to their vast estates although as i have said the land commission was in session during the first decade of my residence here it was a quarter of a century and more in some cases after the commissioners had completed their reports before the washington authorities issued the desired patents confirming the mexican grants and by that time not a few of those who had owned the ranches at the beginning of the american occupancy were dead and buried william mulholland who was really trained for navigation and had followed the sea for four or five years steered for los angeles in eighteen seventy seven and associated himself with the los angeles water company giving his attention especially to hydraulic engineering and passing as it were in nineteen o two with the rest of the water plant to the city when it bought the company out on march twenty second the common council changed the name of nigger alley in the adobe days known as calle de los negros to that of los angeles street and thus faded away a designation of los angeles's early gambling district long familiar to old settlers the same year the city marshalship which j j carrillo had held during eighteen seventy five to seventy six was discontinued and j f gherkins was appointed the first chief of police part of the property included in the blanket mortgage given by temple and workman to e j baldwin was temple block and when this was sold at sheriff's sale in eighteen seventy seven h newmark and company decided to acquire it if they could dan freeman acting for baldwin was our only competitor and after a somewhat spirited contest the property was knocked down to us in nineteen o nine we sold temple block to the city of los angeles quite a large contribution of money was then made by adjoining landowners with the understanding that the site would form the nucleus for a civic center but thus far this solemn promise remains unfulfilled more's the shame especially since the obligation is precisely coincidental with the city's needs in eighteen seventy seven colonel r s baker erected the block bearing his name on the site of the historic adobe home of don abel Stearns, the walls of which structure when demolished killed two of the workmen this building the most modern of that period immediately became the scene of much retail activity and three wide-awake merchants eugenie germain george d rowan and rev b f coulter moved into it germain was the first of these to arrive in los angeles coming in eighteen seventy and soon after establishing several trading posts along the line of the southern pacific during its construction through arizona one day while inspecting branches in this wild and woolly region germain ran into a party of cowboys who were out gunning and just for a little diversion they took to peppering the vicinity of his feet which attention persuaded him into a high step less graceful than alert 
germain came to occupy many positions of trust being appointed in eighteen eighty nine commissioner from california to the paris exposition and later american consul at zurich switzerland next among the tenants was george d rowan who opened a grocery store in the strelitz block opposite the old jail remaining there until the completion of baker's building thus supplying another illustration of the tendency then predominating to gravitate toward the extreme northern end of the town in several enterprises rowan was a pioneer he brought from chicago the first phaeton seen on our streets and in conjunction with germain he inaugurated the shipping of california products in cardload lots to the eastern market he was also one of the first to use pennies here withdrawing from the grocery trade in eighteen eighty two he busied himself with real estate until eighteen ninety two when he retired a public-spirited man he had the greatest confidence in the future of los angeles and was instrumental in subdividing much important acreage including the block between sixth seventh hill and olive streets which he sold in sixty-foot lots at prices as low as six hundred dollars each he was a prime mover in having the name of fort street altered to that of broadway certainly a change of questionable propriety considering the origin of the old name rowan died on september seventh nineteen o one his sons r a and p d rowan constitute the firm of r a rowan and company reverend coulter father of frank m coulter footnote died on october twenty seventh nineteen fifteen and footnote brought his family to los angeles on september seventeenth eighteen seventy seven and after a short association in the hardware firm of harper and coulter he entered the dry goods field as b f coulter now the coulter dry goods company in eighteen seventy eight coulter bought the woolen mills on pearl street near fifth coulter was a man of genial temperament and great integrity and i shall have occasion to speak of him again r f del valle was born in december eighteen fifty four at the plaza ancestral home where before the family's removal to camulos rancho i frequently saw him playing when i attended the political councils at his father's home by the by i believe that j l brent had his law office there which may account for those gatherings del valle's boyhood days were spent in and around los angeles he studied law in san francisco and returned to los angeles in eighteen seventy seven a promising young orator and attorney since that period he has been in public life practically all of the time for some time past he has been a member of the water board he has been frequently honored by the democratic party especially in eighteen eighty when as elector he was instructed to vote for our former fellow townsman general w s hancock in eighteen ninety de valle married mrs helen k style widow of thomas k style and daughter of caleb e white a pomona horticulturist and sheepman a murder case of the late seventies was notable on account of the tragic fate of two indirect participants on october tenth g m waller custodian of the land company's bathhouse at santa monica detected victor funk who had been warned to keep off the premises in the act of erecting a private bathhouse on the beach and shot him in the leg from which wound after two days funk died in his defense waller claimed that as watchman he was acting under orders from e s parker the land company's agent waller was found guilty of involuntary homicide and sentenced on january twenty fifth eighteen seventy eight to one year in the penitentiary parker on the other hand was convicted of murder in the second degree and on march eighth was sentenced to ten years imprisonment 
this severe and unexpected punishment caused a mental excitement from which parker soon died and but a few days later his broken-hearted wife fell dead annual public affairs were centers of social life as late as the middle of the seventies one being held about eighteen seventy six or eighteen seventy seven in the old alameda street depot which decorated with evergreens and flowers had been transformed into a veritable garden with succeeding years these displays for some time in horticultural hall on temple street came to be more and more enchanting still later one or more flower festivals were held in hazard's pavilion on fifth street near olive that of eighteen eighty nine in particular attracting in the phraseology of a local newspaper one of the largest and most brilliant gatherings in the history of the city it is indeed a pity that these charming exhibitions requiring but the mere bringing together of some of the flowers so bountifully supplied us have been abandoned on february first eighteen seventy eight twenty-three years after the odd fellows first organized here their newly constructed hall in the oxerart block at one o eight north spring street was dedicated with elaborate ceremonies about eighteen seventy eight captain george j clark who had been postmaster from eighteen sixty six to eighteen seventy three and who lived well out of town offered me sixty feet adjoining my home on fort street a site now occupied by the j w robinson company he asked one hundred dollars a foot for the fort street frontage alone but as only sixteen dollars a foot had been paid for the full depth to hill street of the piece i already owned i refused to purchase nor was i persuaded even when he threatened to erect a livery stable next to my house another item respecting land values and how they impressed me in eighteen seventy eight nadeau purchased for twenty thousand dollars the site of the nadeau hotel whereupon i told him that he was crazy but later events proved him to have been a better judge than i sometime in the late seventies jerry illich started a chop house on north main street and prospered so well that in time he was able to open a larger and much finer establishment which he called the maison doree this restaurant was one of the best of the time and became the rendezvous of men about town in eighteen ninety six jerry moved again this time to third street opposite the bradbury block and thither went with him his customers of former days when illich died in december nineteen o two he had the finest restaurant in the city in april the public library was transferred to the care of the city in the beginning as i have stated a fee of five dollars was charged to patrons somewhat later it is my recollection a legislative enactment permitted a small addition to the tax rate for the partial support of this worthy enterprise and this municipal assistance enabled the directors to carry the work along even though the annual membership fee was reduced to four dollars payable quarterly on september twenty fifth general john c fremont arrived in los angeles on his way to arizona of which territory he had been appointed governor and accompanied by his wife and daughter he was driven at once to the st charles hotel there in response to a demonstration by the citizens he referred to the great changes which had taken place here during his absence of thirty years two days later general fremont and family left for yuma the explorer traveling that route by means of the iron horse for the first time benjamin franklin taylor the lecturer and author visited los angeles in eighteen seventy eight and wrote the sympathetic book between the gates full of just discrimination and hopeful views respecting the southland some new ordinances regulating vegetable vendors having been passed in the winter of eighteen seventy eight to seventy nine the chinese peddlers went on a strike and for some time refused to the inconvenience of their dependent customers to supply any truck farm products 
during the postmastership of colonel isaac r dunkelberger the post office was moved in eighteen seventy nine to the oxerart block on north spring street near first there it continued for eight years contributing much toward making the neighborhood an important commercial center m j newmark having sold to his partners his interest in the firm of h newmark and company left los angeles in eighteen seventy nine for san francisco after building a residence on spring street next to the southwest corner of spring and seventh and adjoining the dwellings owned by caspar combe and m a newmark each of these houses stood on a sixty-foot lot and to protect themselves from possibly unpleasant neighbors the holders had bought the corner of seventh and spring streets for four hundred and twenty-five dollars on his departure m j newmark committed his affairs to my care desiring to dispose of his place and i offered it to i n van wise for seven thousand five hundred dollars which represented the cost of the house alone times were quite hard in los angeles at this period and when van wise said that he would give six thousand five hundred dollars for it i accepted his offer and induced the owners to sell to him the corner lot for four hundred and seventy five dollars this is the earlier history of the corner now occupied by the i n van wise building in which the first national bank conducts its affairs long before there was any necessity for cutting sixth street through east of maine george kirkhoff who in eighteen seventy nine had brought his family from indiana bought the six acres formerly belonging to the intrepid pioneer j j warner and in the midst of this pretty orchard built the home in which he continued to reside until eighteen ninety six when he died william g kirkhoff a son came with his father and almost immediately engaged in the lumber business with james Cusner an ordinary man might have found this enterprise sufficient especially as it expanded with the building up of our southland communities but this was not so with the younger kirkhoff who in eighteen ninety two entered the ice business after which effort within ten years he evolved the san gabriel electric company henry e huntington then associated himself with this enterprise somewhat later buying that part of the kirkhoff property on which the huntington building opposite the kirkhoff now stands and as a result of the working together of two such mines huge electrical enterprises culminated in the pacific light and power company the year eighteen seventy nine was tragic in my family on the twentieth of january our son philip only nine years of age died of diphtheria and a trifle more than three weeks later on february eleventh leo a baby of three years succumbed to the same treacherous disease barely had the grave closed on the second when a daughter became seriously ill and after her recovery in a fit of awful consternation we fled the plague-infected house and the city taking with us to san francisco edward a son of five years but alas hardly had we returned to town when he also died on march seventeenth eighteen seventy nine in may judge r m whitney broached to the rev a m huff rev m m bovard e f spence dr j p whitney and g d compton his project for the first protestant institution of higher learning in southern california and meeting with their encouragement certain land in west los angeles consisting of three hundred and eight acres was accepted in trust as a gift from i w hellman j g downey and o w childs forty acres being later added in eighteen eighty the first building was put up on wesley avenue and on the sixth of october the college was opened most of the projectors were methodists and the institution since known as the university of southern california became a methodist college the beginning of the institution has been odd its first department of arts was built in eighteen eighty three at ontario while two years later its theological school was opened at san fernando 
recently under the energetic administration of president f d bovard the university has made much progress a b chapman about eighteen seventy nine joined c t paul in opening a hardware store at twelve commercial street with a little tin shop opposite and they soon introduced here the first gasoline stoves to which the insurance companies at once seriously objected probably the earliest los angeles newspaper published in french was a weekly l'union nove which commenced in eighteen seventy nine with p garnier as editor exceeding the limits of animated editorial debate into which the rival journalists had been drawn in the heated campaign of eighteen seventy nine william a spaulding a reporter on the evening express waited for joseph d lynch the editor of the herald at about eleven o'clock in the morning of august sixteenth and peppered away with a bulldog pistol at his rival as the latter who had just left the pico house was crossing spring street from temple block to go to the herald office lynch dropped his cane and fumbled for his shooting iron but by the time he could return the fire a de salis and other citizens had thrust themselves forward making it doubly perilous to shoot at all spaulding sent the bullet which wounded not his adversary but a bystander l a major of compton colonel g wiley wells arrived in eighteen seventy nine after a civil war career in which his left arm was permanently crippled he also served as united states district attorney in mississippi where he prosecuted many of the ku klux klan and as united states consul general to china where he had a varied experience with men and affairs with a brunson he formed the law partnership of brunson and wells having offices in the baker block the next year bradner w lee a nephew of wells who had arrived here in eighteen seventy nine was added to the firm after fifteen years practice in the local courts during which time wells became a noted figure he retired to private life at santa monica disposing of his extensive law library consisting of some six thousand volumes to his successors works and lee henry milner mitchell to whom i have referred as assisting to run down vasquez reached los angeles by way of nicaragua in eighteen sixty eight and was successively a surveyor a reporter a law student and finally from eighteen seventy eight to eighteen seventy nine sheriff in eighteen seventy nine he was admitted to practice before the supreme court of california and in the same year he married the eldest daughter of andrew glassell evidently he met a very tragic death while hunting near the scene of vasquez's capture he was shot by a friend who mistook him for a deer Colonel Henry Harrison Markham, a New Yorker, pitched his tent in Los Angeles and Pasadena in 1879 and was elected to Congress from the 6th District, defeating R.F. Del Valle. He succeeded in getting $150,000 for a public building and appropriations for Wilmington and other harbors, and he also aided in establishing Army headquarters at Los Angeles for Arizona, New Mexico, and Southern California. Carl Seligman left Germany for America in 1879 and spent a year in San Francisco, after which he removed to Tucson, Arizona, and there he remained, engaged in the wholesale and retail grocery business, until on December 6, 1885, he married my daughter Ella, following which event he bought an interest in the firm of M. A. Newmark and Company. The early 80s witnessed a commercial development so marked as to remind one of the proverbial grass that could be heard to grow during an entire century business centered like social life more or less about the plaza had crawled southward to first street a distance of but three or four blocks and now in five or six years trade passed first extended along both main and spring streets and reached almost two or just beyond second 
at this time the baker block at the corner of north main and arcadia streets which contained the first town ticket office of the southern pacific railroad was still in the center of the retail trade of los angeles and yet some idea of the backwardness of the city even then may be obtained from the fact that in eighteen eighty on the southwest corner of spring and second streets where the hollenbeck hotel was later built stood a horse corral while the old adobe on the lot at the corner of first and spring streets which was torn down later to make room for the hotel nadeau was also still there obadiah truax barker settled in los angeles in eighteen eighty and with otto muller started a furniture and carpet business known as barker and muller's at one thirteen north spring street strange as it seems however the newcomers found themselves too far from the business district and on muller's retiring o t barker and sons moved to a store near the pico house now the firm is barker brothers in fond recollection the homely cheerfulness of the old-time adobe recurs again and again the eighties however were characterized by another form of dwelling fashionable and popular some examples of which half ruined are still to be seen this was the frame house large and spacious with wide high curving verandas semicircular bay windows towers and cupolas flower-bordered lawns generally encircled these residences there were long narrow hallways and more spare bedrooms than the less intimate hospitality of today suggests or demands on january first eighteen eighty the district court of los angeles was abolished to give way to the county court on which occasion don ignacio sepulveda the last of the district court judges became the first county judge the first cement pavement in the city was laid on main street north of first by a man named floyd having bought temple block we were thinking of surrounding it with wooden sidewalk floyd recommended cement asking me at the same time to inspect a bit of pavement which he had just put down i did so and took his advice and from this small beginning has developed the excellent system of paving now enjoyed by los angeles in eighteen eighty there visited southern california a man who not only had a varied and most interesting past but who was destined to have an important future this was abbot kinsey a blood relation of emerson holmes and old general harrison and a student of law and medicine commission merchant a botanical expert cigarette manufacturer and member of the united states geological survey a man too who had traveled through and lived long in europe asia and africa and who after seeing most of our own northwest was on his way to settle in florida in search of health while in san francisco he heard of the recently formed sierra madre colony whither he made haste to go and after a month or two there he liked it so well that he decided to remain on the gentle slope found there a home and lay out a farm at that time we had a customer by the name of seabury who owned one hundred and sixty acres along the foothills in this land he had mortgaged to us to secure a note when kinney came he bought a place adjoining seabury's and this led him to take over the mortgage in due season he foreclosed and added the land to his beautiful property which he named kinaloa all kinney's combined experience was brought to bear to make his estate pleasurable not only to himself but for the casual visitor and passer-by and in a short time he became well known he also was made a special commissioner of the united states to examine into the condition of the mission indians of southern california and on this commission he served with helen hunt jackson so famous as h h or especially in california as the author of ramona visiting with her all the well-known indian rancherias between san diego and monterey in addition to the twenty-one franciscan missions 
toward the end of april f p f temple passed away at the merced ranch and was buried in the family burying ground at la puente this recalls to mind that in early days many families owned a hallowed acre where as summoned one by one they were laid side by side in rest eternal on may sixteenth john w bixby died at his long beach estate about eighteen seventy one he had entered his brother jotham's service supervising the sheep ranch and to john bixby's foresight was attributed first the renting and later the purchase of the great ranch controlled through foreclosure of mortgage by michael reese a year or two before bixby's death five thousand acres were set aside for the town of los alamitos but john never saw the realization of his dream to establish there a settlement it was on the eighteenth of the same month that my brother found it necessary to visit carlsbad for the benefit of his health and the decision occasioned my removal to san francisco to look after his affairs what was expected to be a brief absence really lasted until september eighteen eighty two when he and his family returned to america and san francisco and i came back to los angeles with which of course i had continued in close communication during our absence my wife's father joseph newmark died rather suddenly on october nineteenth eighteen eighty one reference has been made to the movement in eighteen fifty nine for the division of california into two states in the spring of eighteen eighty john g downey republished the original act and argued that it was still valid and dr j p whitney contended that the geographical topographical climactic and commercial laws were all working for the separation of california into two distinct civil organizations not long after at a mass meeting in los angeles called to forward the improvement of wilmington harbor an executive committee consisting of j g downey w h perry e f spence dr j p whitney a b moffett and j g estudillo was named to see what could be done and this committee appointed a legal committee consisting of henry t hazard r m whitney george h smith c e tom a brunson s c hubble and h a barclay the latter committee endorsed downey's view that congress could admit the new state and it arranged for a convention which met on september eighth eighteen eighty one there the gist of the sentiment was that state division was a necessity but that the time was not yet ripe in eighteen eighty jotham bixby and company sold four thousand acres of their celebrated cerritos ranch to an organization known as the american colony and in a short time wilmore city named after w e wilmore and the origin of long beach was laid out and widely advertised wilmore a teacher had been fairly successful as a colonizer in fresno county but after all his dreaming hard work and investments he lost all that he had like so many others and died broken-hearted the earliest recollection i have of a storekeeper at long beach was my customer w w low at an early period in the development of santa monica as we have seen senator jones built a wharf there but the los angeles and independence railroad expected to become the outlet on the pacific coast of a supposedly great mining district in inyo county never reached farther east than los angeles the southern pacific railroad company desiring to remove this competition obtained possession of the new road raised the warehouse and condemned and half dismantled the wharf and by setting up its terminus at wilmington it transferred there the greater part of its shipping and trade by eighteen eighty santa monica today so prosperous had shrunk to but three hundred and fifty inhabitants competition compelled us in eighteen eighty to put traveling salesmen into the field an innovation we introduced with reluctance involving as it did no little additional expense near the end of august a citizens committee was appointed to receive and entertain president rutherford b hayes 
whose visit to los angeles as the first president to come here caused quite a stir his stay was very brief during the few hours that he was here he and his party were driven around the neighborhood in open hacks in the midst of his successive greenback campaigns general ben f butler sojourned for a few days in eighteen eighty in los angeles and was the recipient of many attentions at the beginning of this decade the los angeles and san pedro railway was extended to tim's landing the well-known old shipping point and san pedro then began to grow in earnest both on the bluff and in the lowlands bordering on the bay wharves were projected and large vessels such as would have startled the earlier shippers yet none too large at that made fast to their moorings but the improvement of yesterday must make way for that of today and even now the harbor commissioners are raising historic tim's point penning again this familiar cognomen i am reminded of what i dare say has been generally forgotten that the bay of avalon was also once called tim's landing or cove after a w tim's under officer in the united states navy and that the name was changed prior to the banning's purchase of catalina frequent reference has been made to those who in one way or another sought to infuse new commercial life here and more rapidly to expand the city but after all george layman of whom i have already spoken was perhaps the pioneer local boomer before that picturesque word had become incorporated into the angelinos vocabulary nor were his peculiarities in this direction entirely confined to booming for he did considerable buying as well layman's operations however most unfortunately for himself were conducted at too early a period and his optimism together with his extensive unimproved holdings wrought his downfall besides the roundhouse and gardens he owned real estate which would now represent enormous value in proof of which i have only to mention a few of his possessions at that time the southwest corner of sixth and spring streets the northeast corner of sixth and hill streets large frontages and many other corners on main spring fort and hill streets practically none of this property brought any income so that when the city began to grade and improve the streets layman's assessments compelled him to give a fifteen thousand dollar blanket mortgage to lazard ferrers of san francisco layman soon found himself beyond his depth and defaulted in the payment of both principal and interest not only that but with a complacency and a confidence in the future that were sublime he refused to sell a single foot of land and lazard freres with a worthy desire natural to bankers to turn a piece of paper into something more negotiable foreclosed the mortgage in eighteen seventy nine and shut the gates of the garden of paradise forever and a sheriff's sale was advertised for the purpose of concluding this piece of financial ledger domain i attended the sale and still distinctly remember with much amusement some of the incidents the vociferous auctioneer mounted the box or barrel provided for him and opened the program by requesting an offer for the corner of hill and second streets a lot one hundred and twenty by one hundred and sixty feet in size nor did he request in vain one of the heroes of the occasion was lewis mesmer a friend of layman whose desire it was to take a talking part in the proceedings force up the prices and so help the latter amidst the familiar going 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 accordingly the bidding began and under the incentive of mesmer's bullish activities the figures soon reached four hundred dollars the last bidder being eugene meyer local agent for the mortgagee at this juncture mesmer in his enthusiasm doubled the bid to eight hundred dollars expecting of course to induce someone to raise the price already high for that day still higher but the best laid schemes of mice and men gang after glee how eagerly mesmer awaited the fruition of his shrewd manipulation how he listened in hopeful anticipation to the repeated going 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 of the auctioneer 
In vain, however, he waited. In vain he listened. To his mortification and embarrassment, his astounded ear was greeted with the decisive, gone, for eight hundred dollars, sold to Louis Mesmer. Mesmer had bought, for more than it was worth, a piece of property which he did not want, a catastrophe realized as well by all the others present as it was patent to the victim himself. The crowd relished keenly the ludicrous situation in which Mesmer found himself, encumbered as he was with an investment which he had n had no intention of making, and throughout the remainder of the contest he was distinguished only by his silence. Poor old George! His vision was accurate. Los Angeles was to become great, but her splendid expansion was delayed too long for him to realize his dreams. When Lehman died, he was buried in a pauper's grave, and toward the end of the eighties the adobe round house, once such a feature of George Lehman's Garden of Paradise, was raised to make way for needed improvements. I have spoken of the intolerable condition of the atmosphere in the council chamber when Charles Crocker made his memorable visit to Los Angeles to consult with the city fathers. In the eighties, when the common council met in the southeast corner of the second floor of Temple Block, the same objectionable use of tobacco prevailed, with the result that the worthy alderman could scarcely be distinguished twenty-five feet away from the rough benches on which sat the equally beclouded spectators. Doubtless the atmosphere of the courtroom was just as foul when the mayor, as late at least as 1880, passed judgment each morning, sitting as a justice, on the crop of disorderlies of the preceding night. Then not infrequently some neighbor or associate of the mayor himself, caught in the police dragnet, appeared among the drowsy defendants. End of chapter 35